0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Press Play Lifestyle Inspired Podcast, where we do interviews with inspirational and interesting people, like our new friend here, Kimberly, to help our listeners find the resources, tools, and support that they need to be their best inspired selves. Hi, Kimberly. Hi,
1: Jackie. I'm excited to do this with you today.
0: Thank you. I'm excited, too. And um, if anyone could see this now, they know you actually have sunshine. Coming into your home, whereas I live in Wisconsin, and I think we just we just live in a gray ball. It's it's still gray.
1: That's how it's felt in Utah for months.
0: Oh yeah, were you near the earthquake that recently happened? Was Was that by you? Right here.
1: Yeah, right here in Salt Lake.
0: So you've just had all kinds of crazy stuff going on for you lately.
1: Yeah, it's been interesting with the coronavirus and the quarantine. And my son lives in Nashville, where the tornado. Came through, and my kids are oh my gosh, settle down this world. Yeah, like it's, it's enough, stressful. we've had enough. I bet, I bet.
0: So, um, well, you had mentioned the kid, you know, your kids in Nashville, and you're kind of empty nesting, but um, you didn't like start out as an empty nester, right? You had everyone's got a story of how they got here. So, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and how you showed up in the world?
1: Yeah. Let me, let me just say first, I I mentioned to you off microphone um, that I I do a lot of speaking. I speak to groups all over the world. I do a lot of radio and TV and podcasts. I never talk about myself. (laughs) Never. I don't tell my story. And my daughter has actually been kind of pushing me lately that mom, you need to tell your story. And So I'm gonna get vulnerable to share, and I've I've realized probably the reason I don't is I my whole life I've had a lot of fear of not being good enough, and one of the things I recognize is all of you have that same fear. We all do. We're all scared to death. We're not good enough, right? I'm like every person on the planet is fighting that fear, and so you know, really being vulnerable to own how messy. A lot of your journey was it it's putting it out there, yeah so. I don't think
0: that's true and um I'd like to mention the first part just again for the listeners if they missed that. I'm on interviews all the time, internationally speaking on podcasts, on the radio, and I don't feel good enough and I think that people they think they're different or they're unique or they're alone or um all these things, but i I was at the top of my career. Pr- everyone thought, right? And the world all thought I had everything together. And that was like right before everything wasn't together. So I think it's important that we share um, some of the stumbles on the way to showing up and being who we are now. So thank you so much for doing that. And you'll have to get you have to send the video and the audio to your daughter as a gift to her that you listen. She'll love it.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. So I love that you said that because I know there's people out there that probably look at both of us and think you guys should be totally confident. You've got all these accomplishments, but it's important to recognize that every human you know is battling that fear they aren't good enough. It doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. We all are. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I think the core issue with my shame that kind of brings that up is that I'm a human behavior relationship expert. And I have been for 20 years and I've been divorced three times. And I like hide that because there's so much shame around that I've had these really difficult relationship experiences. And I know that they have taught me what I've needed to learn so that I can do what I do now and people who, who relation, their relationship is a mess. They do like to come to me for help because I get it because I've been there. But for me to put out there in the world, yeah, I'm a relationship expert who keeps getting divorced. It, there's so much shame around that. So my journey, as far as relationships have been, it's been really hard, really rough, but it's Forced me to learn things about myself and about human behavior and why we all react badly at times the way we do. And and that's really profound knowledge. So what's helped with my shame, and I hope maybe it'll help others, is seeing it as a blessing. All of those experiences were in your life to bless you. They're blessings in disguise, and it's a very good disguise,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. And I think I would 100% agree with you there. I have a, a really good friend who um, is a relationship dating coach, and she's on her second marriage. And she's like, Why well, don't tell people that? And I'm like, Why not? They're, like, It's great to know that you have, instead of failure, you've got feedback, you've learned through the feedback of what works and doesn't work firsthand. And I also think people forget that maybe your only outcome in a relationship isn't that you stay together, right? No, I mean, the outcome
1: like is- something.
0: Right, or that you like make it out safe or that you have a family or that you don't have a family or that you grow as a person. And a relationship success doesn't just mean you stayed married. Like, if you stayed married and someone beat you every day, would that be success? And I don't think so. And I think we forget about there's more to a relationship than it existing to be good, right?
1: Yeah. As a matter of fact, one mental construct that kind of has helped me with this is I know I used to view life as kind of a test. And what was on the line wasn't my grades, but my value. And every day, if I screwed up, I made mistakes, I behaved badly, I gained weight, I lost my job, right? You feel like your grade or your value is dropping and and you're failing the test. And so it's really been a game changer for me to decide to view life as a classroom, not a test. I do think life is school. I think the purpose of us being on the planet is growth. And I've been able to coach people from every religion, culture, or country on the planet. And I always ask all of them, what do you feel like the point of you being here is? And they all say growth. And especially growth related to learning love and learning to love ourselves and learning to love others. I think it's a universal truth that's sort of hardwired into all of us that that's actually why we're here. So if life is a school... It's not a test where your value is in question. It's a classroom. And every experience is here for the purpose of teaching you love at a bigger level. And so a lot of my classes, the lesson is specifically learning to love myself. And I've had some marriage experiences where it was loving myself enough to say, this is not healthy for me. And I deserve a different quality of life better i deserve to be with somebody that treats me with more respect and leaving and then some of those experiences have been learning to love this person who's really hard to love and and so though but if you will view all of it as a blessing that was here to teach you and grow you and that's all it was and it doesn't change your value as a matter of fact, one of the most important things that I've learned through my really messy journey is choosing to see that all human beings have the same intrinsic worth. And there's nothing I can do, no matter how successful or how much money or whatever I do, that makes me have more worth than any other human soul. We have the same. And also, there's nothing I could do that will make me less than every human being on the planet. We all have the same intrinsic worth. And I've been in personal development for 25 years, trying to teach people how to improve self-esteem and quiet that fear that you're not enough. The only thing I have found that actually works, profoundly works, and will change how you feel about yourself is making the decision to believe that all humans have the same value and it can't change no matter what you do.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think um for me it would be a, a little bit different because for me it'd be about realizing that I I have that much work too, or others' work isn't more. Right. I think sometimes it's hard for young moms on the on the kids' side where they're like, My only job is to make sure my kids see how much they are great and how wonderful they are, and that they have all of this worth and but oftentimes what you do is not give yourself that same respect like the same sense of worthiness so I think it comes from lots of different angles and certainly you've learned through that as well I mean you're also a mom and um,
1: so yeah that's so as a mom I'll tell you the, the best way for you to learn this And to teach your kids, because I don't think there's anything more valuable you could teach your kids than that their value can't change no matter what they do. So when I get the kids involved and I've asked my children to teach me this principle, watch me, you guys. And when I do something and I'm in shame or I'm blaming myself, remind me. And so the other day I was in the kitchen and I dropped a glass that hit the marble countertop and just exploded into a thousand pieces of glass. And Oh my gosh, I got just, you gotta be kidding me. And immediately my daughter who was in another room screamed, mom, that didn't change your value. How cute. (laughs) Good job. I'm I'm like, that's what I need you guys. I need you to remind me. And then as, they, as the kids are out in the world and they, they play a soccer game and they lose, I love to remind them, you know, that was a hard game, but at least it didn't change your value at all. But, but it's just as important as when they win the game that we say, remember, that didn't change your value at all either. You still have the same value as the kids on the other team. And the more that you make this your universal belief and you make sure you're giving it to every human being, which... By the way, it means you have to give up all judgment because you don't get to pick and choose and say, oh, well, that person's not good enough, but the rest of us are, you know what I mean? It has to be across the board for you to believe that it counts for you too.
0: Yeah. And I think we, um, our family, we have one of our daughters is on the autism spectrum. And so, um, early on, we sort of, we just grew into learning a lot of those lessons. Because she has three other siblings and the siblings are amazing. They're amazing now because they've kind of always been around. Like she's worth everything as much as they are, which is beautiful. So how, what, how did you come through all of that? So you, you, what lessons did you learn through um, three relationships that didn't go as planned?
1: So I, I got my first marriage, I got married um, in the middle of college. So I never finished my degree. I moved out of state with my husband and we started having babies and it was a really difficult marriage. It was not a happy thing. And, and it took me to be honest, 15 years to get brave enough to say, you know what? I don't want to live the rest of my life like this and, and I got to get out. But immediately then I'm faced with no college degree, uh, no work experience. because all of been Ben's a stay at home mommy. And what am I going to do? So uh, the one thing I was really good at at the time was public speaking. And so I was able to find a a place where I could do sales training. And it was mostly like on a big stage teaching salespeople. And I loved that. Um, But they also had a coaching academy where they were certifying people to be coaches. And so I went through and did that. And I started coaching and I loved, loved coaching, but the program wasn't helping anybody. The material that they've given me just wasn't working. And so I started to come up with things that I knew from my own life. I, I knew what the problem really was. And for most of my clients, the problem was fear. I, I believe there's two beliefs that all of us have that create our bad behavior and hold us back and, and they're really the only thing in our way. And so the first we've been talking about is the fear that you're not good enough. But the second is the fear that you're not safe in the world. And I call it the fear of loss because there's so many things you can lose out on and your life can be, be diminished. So we're, we're constantly afraid of failure and we're afraid of loss. And, and I knew that's the whole problem. And we need a program that helps people learn how to get out of those fears. So I developed this coaching program just based on what life had taught me and a lot of reading, because I read a lot. Um, but soon after that, I found other coaches, therapists, and social workers wanted to learn my program and use it with their clients. So I started this little business certifying people to use my program. And I've got about 170 coaches around the world now that are certified, use the program. Um, I've since started two more companies. So I have three businesses and they're, they're all doing pretty well. And my dad is constantly saying, I don't understand how you've created all this out of thin air with no education and nothing. And, and often when I'm speaking, I get introduced as Dr. Giles and I have to tell him afterwards, I don't know why you assumed because I've written books and I, I write a syndicated column that I must be a doctor. I don't have a bachelor's degree, but I, I want to share that story just One of the things that I've struggled with my whole life is believing in myself and what I could do. And I so wish that I had figured this out earlier, that I'd figured out that the only thing holding us back is our belief that we can't do it. But really, we're capable of doing things way bigger than we think we are. And, and so don't let these excuses I don't have money I don't have education no one would you know care what I have to offer don't let that stop you yeah I think it's
0: beautiful what you said too and again I hope people heard those th- those points which is at the very beginning you just talked about how you sp- you speak all over you've written a lot of books you've created your own program you're you know you've certified all these coaches and you did that without a formal edu- like a formal degree you did that without all of these other things and I think it is like you said that that fear that you're not good enough that you're not worthy that people think if they don't have these what are they ladder or they don't have these chunks in their belt or whatever it is that they can't or they can't even try but it sounds like you're a pretty good example of how trying anyway seems to work out for you.
1: Yeah, I have people all the time who say, "How did how? how, What did you do to have them ask you to write a syndicated column?" And nobody asked me. I I wrote places and begged and begged and begged for someone to give me a chance. I you you don't believe in yourself, so you don't ask. You don't go out and say, "Hey, give me a chance. I could do this." Uh, So we've got to get past that. We've your potential, what you can do is just greater than you think. And you may think, well, I'm not even a good writer. Well, listen, when I started, my articles were terrible. I go back and look at them now. But you know what? They, they still were something that had value for people, even when they were terrible. And I always tell my coaches do a YouTube channel, you know, or do an Instagram or, and put your love and your, and your ideas out in the world and they're so afraid to do it that it won't be good enough. But in reality, people like you to be real. Share it and share that you're scared to do it, but you're doing it anyway. People will relate more to that than anything polished and professional. Just be you and just do it. Yeah,
0: so it sounds like, so you've you've learned through, you said some of the things you've gone through and learned was that um, everyone has kind of two basic fears, and then you also have learned that the way to get something is to keep asking. It doesn't necessarily depend on whether you have a degree or not. Was there anything else, like, really poignant that you learned through those relationships going a different way than you hoped that have helped you get where you are?
1: Yeah, so one, um, I think, very interesting part of my story, I uh, about four years ago, I set this goal that I wanted to take my company outside the U.S. I wanted the chance to have coaches and speak outside the country, so I made that my goal, and two weeks later, literally two weeks later, I got a call from a woman in Delhi, India, who invited me to come speak at a women's economic forum in Delhi to women from 109 countries. And I'm like, wow, okay, this was amazing. So I, I got there, and I had an incredible keynote first of the day time slot, which as a speaker is usually amazing, but they had this huge party the night before, and everybody got drunk, and no one came. And there were like five people. And I had traveled all the way to India for this big opportunity and nobody came. And so I I practiced really trusting God and the universe that there's reasons that things happen as they're supposed to. So I was trying to just stay in trust. And the next day I got in an elevator and I met this little blonde woman from Australia. And what I didn't know is she had come to the conference and she had been one of the five people that heard me speak. And so as soon as she got in the elevator, she said, oh my gosh, I saw you yesterday. I so wanted to ask you some questions. So we started talking and she asked me where I was from. And I said, Utah. And she just went white as a ghost. Um, And she got these tears in her eyes and she said, I, I think we need to talk some more. And what I didn't know is that the night before when she was getting ready for bed, it was almost midnight and someone knocked on her door in her hotel and she opened the door and it was this little old woman from Kosovo. And she said, as often happens in India, they double booked the hotel. So even though I had a reservation, they don't have a room. And I wondered if you would let me sleep with you. And apparently she had wandered the halls until she felt like it was the right door to ask, right? And so Nicole said, sure. Yeah, come on in. I only have one bed, but we'll share it. Stranger, no problem. So they spent the night together. And the next morning, the lady said, I'd like to repay your kindness by doing a coffee reading for you. Would you be open to that? And she said, sure. So um, she makes her this Turkish coffee. And I don't know if you've seen how they do that. They turn the empty cup over and let it kind of set and then turn it over and they, there's literally pictures in the coffee. And she told Nicole, you are about to meet your perfect twin and you're gonna start a new business and you're gonna move to Utah. And Nicole's like, well, I live in Australia, so that's super weird. Okay, whatever. And she left that room, walked down the hall, and got in the elevator. Which is why when I said Utah, she just went white. And um, she had actually spent the last 15 years doing some research on a brand new people science. But there were a lot of big holes that didn't... It, it didn't make sense. And the more we talked, we realized that I had, I had part of it. And if we put all of our work together, it would it create something really interesting. So I hired her as an employee to come and work for me and she moved to Utah. And, and the result of all of this miraculous story is this program that we call the 12 Shapes. And it looks and feels a little like a personality test because we have a quiz you can take to find out which of the 12 shapes you are. But it's actually not based on personality at all, which makes it different than anything out there. It's based on your behavior. And what actually drives your behavior is what you love and value most and what you fear most. So the real why between behind All of your behavior comes down to it was a fear behavior or it was a love behavior. So um, when I started to recognize what shape I am, this has been one of the biggest game changers for me in my life. I'm an arrow in the 12 shapes. And if you ever want to find yours, you can go to 12shapes.com and take the quiz and, and read about it. But as I understood what it meant to be as a woman to be an arrow it gave me permission to stop trying to be other people because I've got these incredible women around me who are just gorgeous, right? They're just, oh my gosh, every time you see them, they're in this incredible fashionable outfit and, um, or, or they, they have this gift for, um, networking and bonding and building friendships and, And I would look at these gifts that other women have and it would just totally trigger that I'm not good enough because I'll never be like that. And I can't do that and I can't be that. But when I learned about an arrow, arrows are amazing. And yes, we don't, we're completely bad at hair and makeup and clothes that we suck at that. (laughs) And we're not really extroverts, we're introverts. And we like, really like time alone. But we're brilliantly smart, and we're really hard workers, and we get lots done, and we're really independent, and we're incredible problem solvers. And so it's, it's helped me to just embrace all the goodness about who I am and the faults because my fear-driven bad behavior is the same behavior that all arrows have. We all are runners, and if things aren't safe, we're, go, we're out of here. Um, but a lot, all that bad behavior I could also embrace is okay. Yeah, this is my, my triggers. This is how I behave when I get triggered. And now I know what they are. I can work on overcoming them, but I've stopped trying to be all these other women. I can just shine as me. And so I, that's really been a game changer. The other thing that is so helpful about it is if you're married and, and you have children, you want to know what shape all of them are because you will understand what they need and why they get upset by the things they do and what they need in those moments to calm them down you'll just get how they're wired and and so that's been really helpful in my relationships too um, I'm single right now, but I date by the shape <laughs> I know what shapes are like gonna be the most compatible for me and then I know what would make a relationship between me and that shape work? And, and that's kind of what the 12 shapes gives you. That's
0: interesting. So did you, um, do you know what shapes your exes were? Oh yeah, totally. (laughs) Were they all the same? Were they the same shape?
1: No, they were, they were different shapes. Um,
0: there's different, so you learn,
1: you learn different things each time then, right? That's yeah. Yeah. And I, because you and I just met, I'm not for sure that I know what shape you are, but I have a hunch um, that you might be an octagon. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and partly it's, um, you've got some purple hair. You know,
0: I just got purple. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever done anything like that ever. So really? I'm, I'm, yeah. I've, I was actually thinking as you were describing yourself, it sounded a lot like me because I tend you to... could be an arrow. Well who knows? I'll have to take a test and find <laughs> out. Um I'm I'm very I guess I, I'm a more of a I've done more work with disc plus values kind of stuff, which is behavior and values based stuff. Yeah. And um it I think it's always interesting to me that I do know myself pretty well. Um and people think they know me well, but they're always wrong. <laughs> they're not you. We haven't met. You're probably more accurate because <laughs> you don't know me. Um, but I I think that, um, if you're, if you're bright and you're talkative in those moments, people assume I'm extroverted, but uh, I'd rather read a book. (laughs) I'd rather like have some time alone. Um, but I love people. So
1: yeah, I'm I'm just a Jackie. I'm just a Jackie. (laughs) Well, octagons are interesting because they have so many sides. And so I think that I could
0: believe that might be true.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that might be why people have a hard time kind of figuring you out because you have a lot of sides. But they're uh, very—they highly value people and friendship and relationships with others. That's a huge priority. And they're also really highly intuitive, so they like can read people and and they feel things about people and what they need, that almost at a psychic level a little bit.
0: Does that sound
1: like? I I hope that's me. Yeah, I I think I'm
0: I'm more open now. I spent about 20 years in like healthcare, IT, data integration, very, very logical work. And um, due to life and growing up and having a child with unique needs, um, ended up changing my life and going into coaching as part of that. And that has brought out a different probably person that I even realized was kind of hiding under there and I'm I'm glad because I think everyone everyone I meet is amazing and inspiring and just their stories of pain to paradise and struggle to success just uh fuel me to want to meet all of them and make sure they have a place to to be seen as worthy um so I don't know I'm just a jackie
1: you're perfect. So perfect. Oh, thanks. Well, so I like you I, too. I plan to get that into the 12 shapes, but I do, yeah. I just want everybody, if, if you battle a lot of that fear of that you're not enough, it might, might be helpful. And so I, I would love to give your listeners um, kind of my secret formula to getting rid of the fear so that you can access your love and your brilliance and be you. And we kind of already talked about it. So there's two fears that are in your way. There's two things that if you will practice trusting in. And, and when I say trusting, so a lot of, of what we see, how we see the world, our perspective, is based on these beliefs that we have. And most of them aren't something we can prove. But it can be a belief that you can trust is truth even though you can't prove it's truth. And to be honest, you have a belief now that you might not be good enough, that's a belief. And I'm not safe is actually a belief. And those two beliefs create this this fear and selfishness and worry about yourself and whether you're okay all the time. And it makes us protect ourselves from other people and threat and it just drives all this fear-based behavior. And that's not the best you. That's not even the real you. So in order to get rid of those two beliefs, we have to replace them with two beliefs that are going to serve you more and that you can trust as your truth every day. So the first one is simply that your value can't change. That you have the same value no matter what all the time. No matter what you do, you still have the same value as everybody else. It cannot change. The second is to trust that there's actually order and meaning in the universe that things are not random one of the reasons we believe that we're not safe is we believe that all of the this random chaos around us people can make choices that can take from you and hurt you and and all of our human conflict happens when we feel taken from insulted or or put down by someone else right so we actually think we can be hurt so, because we think we're unsafe. But that is just a belief. And you could choose to believe that the universe is actually a place of order and it's actually on your side. And we talked earlier about life being your, a classroom. And I actually believe that the universe and you together are co-creating your perfect classroom journey. All day, every day, with every choice you make, the universe is setting us all up all the time, constantly conspiring to grow us. And that every single situation that shows up is here to bless you, it's here for you. And so, if you can trust that whatever's happening today in this moment is your perfect classroom, you will handle life so much better. Now, let me just give you an example. Um, If your kid does something, that makes you so upset maybe something really wrong and I I use this example because our kids trigger our fears so easily so if my kid makes a huge mistake and does something bad I'm immediately triggered with fear of failure as a mother I've let them down what are people going to think of my parenting I'm going to look bad and even more fear of loss that I could lose my child right My child could have these horrible experiences. So I'm just full of fear. And if you parent full of fear, you're going to do it in a way that makes you feel better, not in a way that's what your child needs. And it's literally because when you aren't safe, when you're experiencing fear, it's all you can see is your own need for something to make you feel safer. It makes you parent selfish. I think one of the biggest game changers as a parent is recognizing that my kids are here to teach me. I'm yeah, I
0: But that, that's, that's a very timely um, thought for me as well. I, I remember one of the first times my daughter had a meltdown in a store, which happens a lot when she's autistic. The first time it happened, I was like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. Right. Like stop doing that. People are going to stare at you. And I remember the moment when I thought, Oh my gosh, she's she's in pain right now, right? She's overwhelmed. she's suffering, me yelling at her and and is just adding to all of that suffering and so I st- like how does how does she need to be supported? And maybe it's that we leave the store. Maybe it's that she gets a hug, maybe she needs to yell um, and it did change my perspective because then every time I saw a mom in the store whose kid was screaming, I'd ask the mom how she was doing, right how are you doing? You know, looks like you guys are having a go. (laughs) You know, is there anything I can do? Because it's kids are kids, right? They're, they're going to show up all kinds of different ways. It doesn't mean anything about you.
1: So just imagine in the grocery store at that moment, the first time it happened, if you just paused and, and reminded yourself that your value is not tied to any of this, what people think, you're the same value no matter what. And that you thought, ooh, this is my perfect classroom today. You'll respond totally different. Because you're you're
0: looking for what to learn, right? Looking for what to learn, looking for, seeking safety instead of, you know, trying to respond to being unsafe.
1: So those two things together, and and my clients start to refer to them all the time as I'm in trust about my value in my journey. In trust about my value in my journey. Um, cause those two simple things take your biggest fear-driven bad behavior off the table. They, when that's cleared away, you can then access your love and show up for others around you. But when you feel unsafe, you just don't have the capacity to do that. Yeah. Now, another interesting thing back to the shapes is that each of us is a little more dominant in either fear of failure or fear of loss. So I'm fear of failure dominant and, and that fear of being judged or criticized and what people think of me has been a bigger challenge. And, and it drives people pleasing behavior, sometimes being a doormat because I just want everybody to like me, right? Fear of loss dominant people um, have a little more confidence. They're not, they, ha- they still have fear of failure, but it's smaller and they're really a afraid of mistreatment. So they're kind of on the watch for don't you mistreat me. And they tend to be a little more controlling, a little more um, dominant in situations, and they are not afraid to speak their truth because they don't care what you think. <laughs> and so they scare the rest of our sphere of failure dominant people, right? And, and I will say most relationships, we marry some, the opposite of us. We marry somebody with the opposite fear. And, and that's so beautiful because we trigger each other. So we both get a chance to work on our, on our fear issues. But just to kind of pause for a minute and ask yourself, which, which do you think more sounds like you, the doormat, people pleaser, kind of more afraid, or the a little more opinionated and a little more um, control, need control to feel safe? 'Cause that teaches you a lot about yourself to just understand which is your dominant fear. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does.
0: I, I think it does completely.
1: Often. So which do you think is yours?
0: I think it depends. <laughs> uh, I I yeah. um I grew up really poor and my mom is still an addict. Um my dad I've four dads, stepdads, you know. Uh so I think safety is always kind of there like worrying about safety because it wasn't safe. Um, But when I know what I know, like if I'm, if I'm in confidence in like the expertise level, then I don't give a crap what you think, but it it does depend on the subject or the, the things that are being acting like acting in that situation for me.
1: Um, Sounds like you had some loss as a kid though.
0: Uh, oh yeah I've had well, and I've had a lot of loss recently, so I don't know if that kind of all follows in my my grandmother, my best friend, my dad all died in the last couple of months. It's been a like a lot of a lot of people in a row um, Sorry. but that's new, so i don't I think that everything you go through sort of kind of tweaks some things, so I think it would depend i I don't know if there's a dominant one for me i think it I think it does depend. Um, yeah I don't know if it'd be I think sometimes it's doormatty, and sometimes like I've had a boss that was really getting and then at, there came a point where he was becoming abusive and I stood up and screamed back at his face so I I think that either that I just hit a point where I was done with it who knows <laughs> Or you'd
1: had enough yeah well just just remember it doesn't really matter which because we both we all have both Yeah, I was gonna say I think I have both. (laughs) But but just play with that, everybody. Just put kind of make some notes somewhere. Somewhere you're gonna see that every day stay in trust that my value isn't even in question. I can't fail. I can't be less than anybody else no matter what I do. And no matter what shows up in my journey today, it's here for me, which means I'm safe in the world. I'm safe in the world. And if you know value safe and you're safe in the world, you're going to find you're you're actually totally bulletproof. And then you can go try things. You can take risks. You can put yourself out in the world and you'll be safe for doing it.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, So with that being said, any parting words or kind of wrap up that you'd like to share with the rest of the listeners?
1: maybe just tell them, visit 12shapes.com to learn about it. And, and if you're interested in being a coach, my myclaritypointcoaching.com. Um, we've got lots of information about how to become a, a coach to help other people and, and learn how to help them get out of their fear and give them that sense of safety in the world back. It's, that's an amazing gift to be able to give people. Well, thank you
0: so much for taking time. I'm sure you're very busy with all of your businesses, but we really appreciate you taking the time with us today. And thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye.